Welcome to Art of Investing, a podcast that asks business professionals about their journey to success and how they invested their time in the process. I'm Dylan Huang. I am a sophomore at Monta Vista High School in Cupertino, California. Our sixth guest is Abigail Garrity, an executive member of the healthcare and social impact team at the Boston Consulting Group. She earned a PhD in neuroscience from University of Michigan and published several research papers throughout her career. If our conversations and content interest you, please follow our Spotify, Google, and Apple podcasts. Without further ado, let's get started with episode six of Art of Investing. Hello, Ms. Garrity. Thank you so much for taking the time to conduct this interview with me today. It's an honor to have you as the sixth guest of the podcast that is aimed at providing insights and inspirations to teens in the Bay Area. To begin, may I request that you provide a brief background of your schooling and your career in the consulting industry so that we can get to know you a bit better. Sure. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's an honor, um, and I'm extremely happy to be here with you today. Um, so to tell you a little bit about my background, um, I was I went to high school um, at Poughkeepsie High School in New York. Um, there I was, you know, working on a couple of different things. I was interested in research at the time, um, and I was also rowing. Um, so was getting up early in the mornings to, to do my crew practice. Um, while I was in high school, I had a couple of different jobs. I worked, you know, the typical babysitting, um, to make some extra money. I also worked, um, for a family friend who was in real estate, um, just helping him with a, a variety of different tasks. And um, I worked at an all women's gym where I was kind of, you know, in charge of it with, you know, uh, the register and kind of making sure the whole thing um, ran smoothly. And so had a number of different work experiences, which I think was important for me um, as a young person. Um, from there, I went to Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. And I studied neuroscience. I knew going into college that I was really passionate about neuroscience. Um, and so that was easy for me, though I know that a lot of folks take a couple of years to figure out where they want to major and focus their time. And I think that that is perfectly okay and normal. You don't have to know your major going into um, going into college by any means. Um, I was just lucky enough to have a passion that I was interested in. I did a lot of research in undergrad um, because I was very interested in developing my own hypotheses and coming up with the answers to those. Um, so I was continuing a, a thread from high school. Um, and so I went to Trinity College because I had the chance to get into a research lab and start doing research as a freshman in college. And so that allowed me to continue that kind of passion and my excitement for, for research. Um, and from there, I was in a class, I was pre-med. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and I took, I was taking my MCAT class and I realized that sort of having somebody tell me what 
to learn and study in from a book and kind of just going through that process for me was not the way that I like to learn. And so while I was fascinated with healthcare and passionate about it, I realized that I wanted to be involved with it in a way that didn't mean a lot of years of studying from books and um, being kind of told what to learn and what to do, what to, um, what to do. And so I um, kind of steered courses and became much more interested in, in global health and public health. And so I spent a couple of years after undergrad working at a nonprofit um, doing global health advocacy. Um, and I spent a lot of time just watching and learning from people that I admired how they handled different situations. I was working pretty closely with the executive director. So I had access to just watching the way she worked and how she handled things and how she advocated for things. So learned a ton from her um, just through osmosis and, and really active learning of, of the ways she handled things. Um, while I was doing that work, I was reading about neuroscience and thinking about neuroscience and reading about, you know, reading the science times where all my peers in the office would be reading, you know, the, the politics or the international news. And so I realized it was time to go back to grad school. I got my PhD in neuroscience from the University of Michigan. So that's been, you know, clearly neuroscience is a passion and, and has been um, for a long time. Um, while I was there, towards the end, things can get pretty long. It was five years that I was there doing that. And so I, um, I started working at a, a startup because I wanted something to entertain me and, ex and, and teach me things that I wasn't getting in, um, in grad school. I had heard about entrepreneurship and, and startups and things like that. And so instead of taking classes in it, again, I don't really like to sit in a classroom. I decided I would just try my hand at it. And so I applied for an internship and it sort of turned into a part ownership type of position for a little while there. Um, and, uh, and that was in, it was a med tech startup. Um, and so that sort of grew my passion for medical technologies. And, um, and that takes me to today. So after grad school, I knew I was interested in business. I knew I was not gonna go back to business school. And I knew that I wanted to um, have a chance to, to to learn business while doing business. And so consulting was a great fit for me um, because I had the chance to, to learn a lot of these things while doing them. Um, and I could work on healthcare, but be but but and be involved in healthcare, but I didn't have to be a doctor. Um, and so it's been um, a very exciting um, and uh, and challenging career. I have learned a ton um, doing it, and it allows me to play to the things that I. Um, it allows me to play to my strengths in terms of the ways we work, in terms of the pace, and the like. Um, and so it has been a good fit for me. It is a wonderful background and it's very admirable to learn about your college medical works and how you transitioned into consulting. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the top three skills and traits that high school students should acquire earlier in their lives to help them through a transitioning process from high school to college and then graduate school and then finally to their work? Um. So I, a couple of skills I think are becoming more and more relevant um, today is 
I think one of them is just a willingness, um, and it's a theme that I touched on a lot, um, to learn things while you're doing them. Um, in our jobs and in my job and in my clients' jobs these days, I just, I see more and more the need to learn new skills throughout our lives. Um, and, and so, you know, I can't go back to school every time I have to learn how to use a new analytical tool or every time I wanna learn about a new industry. And so I have to sort of figure out a way to learn it while I'm, in, I'm involved and immersed in it or while I'm working on a particular project. And so I think that some of my early work experience really helped with that um, to, to just realize, you know, you show up for a job on the first day and of course you don't know anything um, and you kind of learn as you go and you pick up the skills and, and mostly you watch other um, people that you admire. So I think, I think number one, learn while, you know, be open to learn while, while you're doing things and be open to, you know, knowing that you have to continue learning forever. You will not learn everything you need to know for your career in high school and you definitely won't learn it in college and you won't learn it in grad school. You have to learn it while you're kind of doing the job. Um, and the second piece is, is around treating every, every opportunity that you have to learn in some way or another. Um, and it's, it kind of goes to the, what I talked about earlier around watching people that you admire and learning the skills um, that they have. And so in consulting, it's especially important because it's a very apprenticeship-based career. You, we have to inherently learn while we're doing the job. Um, but I have always found that by watching people that I admire who have traits that I want to develop um, and by trying to emulate them, I have been able to sort of, you know, pick up those skills. Of course, direct mentorship and conversations and, and you know, having them give me feedback is also valuable, but simply watching the people that you admire, whether it's the teacher or your, or your parent or a friend's parent um, or, you know, particular um, politicians, et cetera. I always try and find something that I can learn from every person that I am interacting with, whether it's the style of, of delivery of their, you know, speeches. Think about maybe Obama. Um, not that I am anywhere near or similar to Obama, but, you know, or how a teacher is expressing empathy to another student, for example. There's always something you can learn from someone even if it's what not to do or what you would like to avoid doing. Um, so I think being open to that and having the ability to kind of learn and watch um, and try your hand at those types of things, I think is another critical, another critical skill. Um, and the third one is probably, um, you know, uh, flexibility and then maybe, um, maybe if I can add a fourth, it would just be, a willingness to admit that you know you're you're it's okay if you're trying hard and it's okay if you're working hard. Um, I think I always had in my mind, especially when I was younger, um, that it was all about like being smart, and it didn't really click for me until a lot later that it wasn't important how smart anyone was. It was actually most important, you know, how hard they were to work at a particular thing. Um, I think the thing that gets 
people hung up on um, and gets uh, folks a little worried is that you don't have to work hard at everything. <laughs> you should pick a couple of things that you really care about um, that you're very interested in and, and work hard at those. But you don't have to work hard at everything. That's exhausting. And um, I think we kind of overwork ourselves in a lot of ways these days. And so if you can be really focused on the things you care most about, um, whether it be a particular hobby or a particular sport or a particular um, uh, class in school or field in school, um, focus on one or two things and, and do them very, very well, because you can't do everything perfectly. Um, and so doing your best and trying your hardest at a couple of things, I think is, is the way to go. And you heard what mine were, right? I was very interested in research and I cared a lot about neuroscience. And, um, and so those were, you know, some of the things that I, I really focused on and I, I did that at the expense of other things. Um, and I will admit that and, and, and I still survived, um, and I am where I am, even though I focus on a couple of things I really cared about. That is extremely valuable for all high schoolers, as a lot of us are not very sure about what we want to do, and a lot of times we don't have much direction, so it would be very helpful to just focus on a few things that we enjoy and just tone those in. Mm -hmm. Earlier, you did mention that you like to watch people you admire. Mm -hmm. For, I guess, in medicine and in consulting, who are some people that you've watched in the past and what have you learned from them? Gosh, um, there's a lot of people. I think that's one reason why I really enjoy working at the Boston Consulting Group because I am surrounded by people that I admire and that I like to learn from. Um, and so none of these people are famous people, um, so I won't mention them by name, but I, I do know very well um, the people that I choose to continue um, working with over time because it's a very... We have a staffing model where you know you work with new people on each different project, or you can, you can also work with the same people. And I tend to follow the people um, who have a well-rounded set of skills that I care about. So I want to know that they have empathy, and I want to know they care about my development um, as much as I care about delivering a good product for them. Um, and so there's this sort of emotional intelligence piece that I really like to, to see um, and just know that that is there. I also really um, care about how they handle tough situations. Um, so we work with clients and we work on really hard problems. And so it is inherent in our job that we will get asked really tough questions all the time. Um, some of them come from a good place. Some of them come from, you know, a place of frustration or a place of, you know, not knowing the answer for a very long time. Um, and so watching people and the people I tend to work with, I, I like watching them handle those tough situations um, because I feel like those are the types of situations that you can't learn no matter how much you read a textbook or, you know, no matter how much you could try and study or practice. Um, and so I tend to surround myself with people who handle tough situations with grace. Um, and then I tend to surround myself as well with people who think very differently than me. Um, and being at VCG, I, you know, am not a common profile of, of 
people at BCG. You know, if you did the Myers-Briggs, I'm like 1% of BCGers have my Myers-Briggs personality type, for example. But it means that I, a lot of the things that don't come naturally to me are things that I'm forced to do in my job every day. And so I'm constantly learning those types of skills. You know, I tend to be a big picture strategic thinker, but I'm not very good at structure. I wasn't when I started at BCG, very good at structure um, and systematically kind of piecing together a problem. And now I can almost, I, I can't think any other way because I've acquired that skill from people. And so I try to surround myself with people who think very differently than me so that the perspective I bring to my clients is well-rounded and so that I am learning from them all the time, whether it's topical um, content that I'm learning from them or whether it's you know how to handle a tough situation. I always try and make sure that we have very different perspectives um, on the team. There's a lot of research, um, some from the University of Michigan, in fact, uh, that shows the diversity of your team and the amount of diversity that your team has actually drives greater performance. And so for me, knowing that um, and knowing that I'll learn more from people who think differently than me, I just try and surround myself with people who challenge me, who think differently, who do things in ways that I admire and I want to emulate. Um, I think the key is you, you, you can't pick people whose style is so opposite yours that it would feel in like, it would feel inauthentic for you to emulate them. You know, like I have a particular style. And so I'm obviously drawn to people who like are, you know, in line with that. And so what I would say is to avoid picking people whose style you simply will never emulate, um, but instead pick people who, you know, who resonate with you, who, who excite you and who make you, you know, want to be better in particular ways. Hopefully that is a roundabout way of answering your question. <laughs> Yes, that actually answers my question very well and is a very nice answer. Then just to back up a little bit more, I know you mentioned about what you were focusing on in college and later on transitioning into the work field, but could you share a little bit about like some of your favorite subjects or something you really enjoyed to do while in high school? Sure. I, I, I enjoyed doing so many things in high school. Um, I was pretty athletic, so I think just generally... Um, a theme that's come up from a lot of people I admire lately actually in a number of sessions is just um, the importance of like exercise and of challenging yourself in ways outside of, um, of work and outside of, of, of life, of growing in ways that are not just academic or not just like work focused. And one of those great ways to do that is athletics and exercise and things like that. So um, I really enjoyed running in high school. I, I rode um, for a while and that was, you know, it was never something I was exceptional at because I'm sh a short person and it really helps to be quite tall. Um, but it was really good practice in not having something come extremely naturally to me and still working hard and trying to be successful. Um, and so a lot of different athletics I really enjoyed. I, I grew my love of the outdoors in high school um, and my you know love for backpacking and hiking and camping um, because my that was something my dad taught me and is something I still continue to this day. Um, and um, certainly just a lot of um, time with friends. 
Uh, and I think those are, you know, and certain, you know, I enjoy doing research and I, I was nerdy as well. Um, but what I remember about high school was mostly my time with friends and, and my, um, and my time doing athletics and things that I enjoyed. And so I think, you know, especially like younger people these days, and I'm a part of this generation, so I can say for sure that this is true. Um, we have a tendency to really stress ourselves out and work extremely hard and forget that, you know, not only on our deathbed, but even just 10 or 15 or 20 years later, the thing that you'll actually remember is the time that you spent with people that you care about. Um, and so don't give up, you know, all of that time and all of those things that you love. Um, make sure that you're also nurturing that because that's what you'll really remember in the end. Um, hopefully that's, that answers your question sufficiently. Yes, it does. And it's very nice to hear that you recommend us to just sometimes not stress ourselves over one little thing. And a lot of times I see that high schoolers and myself included oftentimes think like one little mistake is the end of the world. And it's often very important to remind ourselves that one, one thing won't end the world and we just have to recover from it. So thank Absolutely. you for sharing all of that. Absolutely. I have done many, made many mistakes. I have forgotten to turn in many homework assignments. I've gotten bad grades before and I am still where I am today. And so, yeah, those little things will not matter in the end. Uh, what matters is handling them with integrity or, you know, doing the right thing um, in the end. If there's any lesson we have learned from the last 20 years, it's you know, doing the right thing is, will help you come out on top in the end. Um, and so, yeah, I think don't fret over the little things. Yep. So the next question I had was, what are like the top three career paths or professions that you would recommend high school students to invest their times in? Or a little more broadly, just how you would recommend high school students to like choose career paths that they may be interested in? Mm. In terms of choosing career paths, I think I always, when I look back on high school, I did not even know what consulting was. Uh, I don't think I even knew about it in college. I've only found out about it in grad school. And that's what I've been doing for the last many years of my life. So um, I guess the best advice is really just to talk to as many people and hear about as many careers as you can because there's so many more options than just the typical, you know, doctor, lawyer, like finance professional, uh, you know, it, it gets, there's so much more depth and so much more interesting things out there, you know, engineer, like there's like the top five that everybody thinks of. And then beyond that, everybody kind of like has trouble conjuring up, you know, other ideas. Um, and so just, think broadly, um, explore widely. Um, and I think it's really important to think about like the type of work that you like to do, how you like to spend your time. You know, if you like to spend your time doing math problems and, you know, um, it, working in Excel or Alltrex or, um, you know, building, building software programming, 
it, it's great to have a career where you can spend a lot of your time doing that. Um, but what you might miss if you don't think about that is, okay, so if you want to go into, you know, the, the industry that you go into, industry is important, yes, um, but the type of work you can, you can be a software programmer in any industry, right? Um, but no matter the industry, you're going to spend most of your time programming software. And so if you don't like doing that, right? Um, so for me, like I, I learned pretty early on that I liked to solve like problems and like figure stuff out, like have a hypothesis about it and then either prove it right or prove it wrong. Um, and so, you know, I, I tested that out in high school by like doing a, a small research project and I really liked it. So then I decided, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do more of this in college. And for a long time in my life, I spent time doing research. And then I realized that consulting was kind of the same. You know, you have this like really hard problem that we're trying to solve and we have to, you know, figure out the right answers to it and, and solve it from a bunch of angles and come to, you know, um, a recommendation that could have a massive impact on a company's trajectory. Um, but it was very similar to research in a lot of ways because I had to spend most of my days problem solving. The other thing is that I like variety. I really like to do lots of different things. I, I can, it's hard for me to spend a lot of time doing one particular task and that's not good or bad. It's just the way I am. A lot of people have a great time spending, you know, doing, spend many hours doing the same thing um, and get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I like variety. I just need variety in my life and in lots of different ways. And so for me, consulting is great because I get to work on um, different projects, you know, from month to month or um, every couple of months, depending on how long the project is. I get to work on different topics because I have different clients with different issues. Um, and I get to work with different clients and I get to work with different teams and all of my team members have different modules now. So I just, I get a ton of variety. I get to learn while doing, which I know, I knew, you know, throughout high school, I, um, really liked to learn while doing instead of sitting in a classroom and kind of studying and, and then going out and, and practicing it. Um, and so I had to find a career where, you know, the things that I like to spend my time doing were kind of encapsulated in it. And consulting is a very good one for me because of all of those things. Um, but I think it's less about figuring out in high school, like what exact profession you want to do or what exact industry you want to be in and thinking more about how do you like to spend your time? What are you interested in? Um, and how can you take you know, the fascination that you have with a particular topic and start to turn that into, into a path? I read, a, I read um, Lord of the Flies and there was a character in it who had epilepsy. And I thought that was the most interesting thing I'd ever heard of. And from there, I was fascinated by neuroscience. And so I have a PhD in it now. Um, it was something that I, I didn't know I would be interested in and I kind of pursued it um, you know, from there. And so it's really about how do you, what are you interested in? What intrigues you? What do you like to spend your time reading? Um, and how do you like to spend your time? And then you can explore. And so keep an open mind, talk to a lot of people, listen to what they do, hear about um, the different ways that they spend their time, the different industries that they're in, because there's so many more options out there than, um, than we might expect. 
Yes, I see how a lot of the, or for your own career, you must have followed your advice because I see a very keen similarity between what you just said and pretty much what you described on how you chose your career path. Mm-hmm. So that is extremely valuable to high schoolers as we all have questions about which major to go into, what, how to invest our time in high school. So I would definitely look into this myself and hope that all the audience listeners are also able to gain from this. The next question is, what are your top three advice for high school students on mistakes or things to avoid? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think getting too set on one path um, can be dangerous. Um, like I, I am ha- by nature a, a very flexible person. I like to keep my options open um, until the last minute, and I like to, you know, I don't plan a lot of things in great detail. People love. Some people really love planning, you know, a trip down to the last hour or the last minute, and that's also great. Um, but I think one thing that you, one pitfall you can fall into is saying, you know, I want to be a doctor. And being so focused on that um, at the expense of keeping your eyes open for other things that you might like to do. Um, I have two friends from college um, who studied with me in class and uh, started the MCAT class together uh, with me. Um, I decided pretty quickly the MCAT class was not for me and medicine in general was not for me. Um, I. I think I lost a couple thousand dollars from that Kaplan MCAT class and I was okay with it. And that was the end of that. So I had no trouble parting with that. Um, I had another friend who got an excellent score on the MCAT. What is the top scores like 36? He got like a 34. And now he's a high school football coach. Um, His mom was a doctor. And so he felt like he had to Uh, at least prove that he could become a doctor. And he's so much happier now being a high school football coach um, than he ever would have been becoming a doctor. Um, And I have a third friend who actually became a doctor. Um, And so you can see that like we all went into college with the um, exact same, you know, thought in mind, I want to become a doctor. Uh, And only one of us ended up becoming a doctor. And um, we're all extremely happy uh, with where we're at. And um, sometimes I wonder if the, those of us who didn't become a doctor are happier than the one who did become a doctor. So um, sometimes you know, but if you realize along your path that it's not the right path for you or that there are other things you are interested in, um, you have to you know, be willing to say, look, I'm going to take a turn and do something different because I have found something else that I am interested in. If you have the blinders on and are so focused on a particular goal, I fear that you might miss those other opportunities that you would have um, to to find your true passion. Um, And so I kind of always like, you know, followed my my interests and made something of it. Um, The story sounds a lot more cohesive looking back than it did, than it was while I was doing it, right? And you can always, you can, that's another, I mean, that you can always make a story sound cohesive with hindsight, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty, And so you hear these people's career paths and it sounds so planned and it sounds so, you know, you did this and then you did this. And in the end, 
it's all just, we're kind of just doing the best we can. We're finding and, you know, we're exposed to certain things. And so that's, you know, those are the opportunities that we have and the, and the paths we can take. Um, and so it's really not as planned out as it may seem um, when you tell the story 10 years back. Um, and so I think be open to, you know, having things change, be open to having your path shift or take a turn um, or, you know, take a, a 180 or, or, or whatever um, to get to somewhere else. Um, don't be so blind focused on one particular thing that you aren't kind of open to other opportunities. Um, and then, you know, just be willing to, to say and accept that not everything is for everyone. You know, even at BCG, I have a lot of colleagues who are really great and really love building very complex analytical models. And for me, if I spend time away from, I, I get my energy from people and from like brainstorming and from, you know, um, coming up with like little insights here and there. I don't, so I don't get a ton of energy or excitement around building models, but I have to have both of those types of people on my team. Um, and so remembering and accepting like what your strengths are and, and building and playing on those, um, I think is something that I didn't really do for a long time. I, I think I always felt badly that I, you know, wasn't really interested in building complex models or in coding software, this or that. And in the end, we need those people and we need people that are like me as well. Um, and so don't force it if it's not, if it doesn't um, make sense for you and realize that um, there are, are a benefit to having all different kinds of people with different passions and different strengths around. Thank you for sharing that. That is an awesome answer and I appreciate that insights. So if you were to go back into high school or college, what is one mistake or thing that you would change? Hmm. I think I would be easier on myself, not beat myself up so much for either not being good at things or for getting a bad grade or for making a mistake. Uh, I would be more forgiving with myself. Um, I also think I just, I stress myself out a lot over things that in the end, I don't even remember. Um, you know, like I really don't remember all of the mistakes that I made. I just remember kind of worrying and stressing about them. Uh, so I think the advice I would have is like to just enjoy it a little more. Like you're in this time where you just get to learn and you have, you know, it feels like the weight of the world on your shoulders, but really not that many responsibilities. Um, and it's a time that you should like explore and learn and keep an open mind and have fun um, and figure out what your passions are and, you know, work really hard at the things that you really care about, but also just remember to have fun. I mean, even that advice is true now. Like I still, it's very important no matter what age you are to remember to that work isn't everything, um, that, you know, your career isn't everything, that you have to have fun. And in the end, like, I'm not gonna remember, you know, the, the 99th slide I wrote at, you know, super late at night for my client. I'm gonna remember, a great meeting that we, you know, presented the findings and we didn't look at the 99th slide. And I'm gonna remember what I did on the weekend. <laughs> Not what I, what I, all the work I did in the week. Um, so I think it's mostly just around, I wish I had just been a little more relaxed um, and a little easier on myself. 
Yes, on that topic though, I think a lot of high schoolers do believe that if they are easier on themselves now, it might come back to perhaps bite them in the future. Do you have any feedback or advice for people who think this way? Well, I think, you know, it's certainly important, as I said, to pick the things that you want to work really hard at. Um, and, and so, you know, that means working really hard at those things. Um, but it doesn't mean that, you know, every single thing needs to be completely perfect. And so when I was in high school, I spent a lot of time working on my nerdy research project, but I didn't spend a lot of time like doing my English homework. <laughs> and luckily I had enough of a passion and enough success in my research that it carried me through. And I had a paper to, to speak of when I was going into grad school because some of my grades you know, were not helpful in terms of getting into grad school. Um, and so I think like in the end, you'll never, you know, no one can be perfect at everything. You have to pick the things that you want to excel at and work hard at. Um, and it's also, you know, doing your best doesn't mean like killing yourself or it doesn't, you know, to, to get there, it doesn't mean, you know, you have to be reasonable um, and, uh, and be willing to sort of let um, let things go at a certain point. I think a really interesting concept that um, I am finding with a lot of my clients is um, they're implementing agile ways of working. And one of the pieces of that that's critical to the mindset of working in that way is that nothing is ever finished. You're always turning in a minimum viable product. And it, nothing is ever perfect because it's a minimum viable product. And what be, and, and this all became this all came about because folks were spending so much time perfecting and polishing the last tiny little detail. And it came at the expense of just getting something done. You know, something something shipped and something sold and something published is better than nothing shipped, sold, published, that just, or a delay because you wanted to make it perfect. And so, I don't know, I think that that mindset of, of realizing that, um, you know, it, 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 perfection is that it comes at the expense of done, <laughs> uh, in some cases can be extremely helpful um, because, you know, in the end, what's gonna matter most, um, but that, but again, it, you have to pick some things, you have to work hard at some things, right? And figure out what those are. Um, but you can't do that with everything. And so, you know, if, if there will be always trade-offs that you'll be making. Um, and I don't know, I think if you talk to enough people, you'll hear that number one, they don't remember their mistakes. Number two, they overcame them somehow. Um, and number three, really, really almost nothing is the end of the world. Um, we've all lived through a, a global pandemic now where we were, you know, feeling like we were nearly at the end of the world. Um, and yet I often remind myself when I am stressed out about something, even now that in my work, luckily enough, because I am not a doctor, no one's going to die if something doesn't go right, uh, or if it goes differently than planned. Um, and so, you know, sometimes you just need a way of reminding yourself like, okay, this is not the end of the world. It's no one's going to die. I'm not going to die. I will live another day even if I got a, a C on a test or in a class or, or whatever it is, um, it, will, it will be okay. Um, particularly if you, uh, if you pick those passions, you work hard at them, you do your best at them, 
Um, and remember that, I mean, your best is actually really, that's what, that's all you have, you know, there's, there's nothing more to it. And so that's gotta be good enough. That is extremely wonderful advice. And I'm sure any listeners who have had these thoughts in the past may reconsider their thoughts now. One last question I had is throughout your entire life, what is like the one, one, one thing that you've heard that resonates with you, the, with you the most, whether it's from a mentor or just anywhere, any, one line you've seen anywhere? Hmm. Hmm. I have it on my phone. Let me pull it up here. <laughs> Arguably, if it resonates with me, I wouldn't forget it, but um, it's a quote. Uh, it's a quote by uh, Henry Miller, and it says, the moment one gives close attention to anything, even a blade of grass, it becomes a mysterious, awesome, indescribably magnificent world in itself. Um, and I, I love that quote. Um, it invokes a little bit of my love of nature, um, but it also an uh, in, in awe for nature and all that it has um, to hold for us. But it also, you know, reminds you a little bit that if you are, if you really take a look at anything, whether it's a person or whether it's a, you know, a particular topic, um, you know, it, it, it's, it can be fascinating if you really give it a chance. So even me in high school and I hated calculus, like, uh, in the end, Calc 2 was better than Calc 1. It was more interesting. And so I wish I had given it a chance sooner. Um, and so I think it, it, it works and it helps in those types of situations. And it also works and helps in, in terms of reminding me that, you know, I, I should spend more time studying blades of grass and being outside and, and in awe of nature than I should maybe in front of my computer uh, doing work. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that quote. And right now, I think that quote is going to resonate with me for a long time. And I will make sure to focus on the blades of grass and just try to see the whole field. That is all the questions I have for you today. Thank you so much for participating in this podcast. I hope that you have provided insights and a lot of information for potential business leaders and high school students. Thank you so much for your time today. Of course. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You had very thoughtful questions. Thank you. This is Dylan, presented by Art of Investing. That's it for now. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Until next time.